0: Hello! Welcome to the Libro Cube! Uh, my name is Jordan Maywood and I am the, like it is, go Libro guest, and there's no goddamn denying it at all. At all! Today, my friends, is internet day, so you know what that means? There is no spoiler warning, because I do not really feel internet spoiler warnings of things on the internet, internet are warranted. However... I always say that I don't give spoiler warnings off my internet days, which in itself is a sort of spoiler warning when you really DDD or dig down deep and think about it. Yes, indeed-a-roo. Another thing I like to say at the top of every show is that if you like what you hear, the only payment I ask is a million dollars. No, That is ridiculous. The only payment I ask is perhaps you pass the podcast on to a friend. Perhaps you rate, subscribe and comment within iTunes as those things are what helps others find podcasts. It's what helps them grow and flourish. Flourish. Thank you very much to those who have done so. It does not go unnoticed. It is appreciated and good karma is headed your way. Bam! There you go. All of that said, will of course, of course, a horse take us into our last piece of podcast-related news, which is today's sponsor, which is Chris Hatfield Zero Gravity Mustache Styling Gel. Once again, today's sponsor is Chris Hadfield's Zero Gravity Mustache Styling Gel. Thank you to that for sponsoring today's episode. Yays. Today's. Okay, so I only have really uh, two items for this Fry Internet Dale. Dale? Mm -hmm. Let's try Fry Internet Day instead of Dale. not sure what that is. But they are both sort of bursting with goodness that I am sure we will have plenty to say about them. And when I say we, I'm of course using the Royal Podcast We, meaning I. Item the first is a TED Talk from a Mr Chris Hadfield. Hey wait a second. He's his his Zero Gravity Mustache Styling Gel is sponsoring today's episode and here I am about to talk of his TED Talk. What the hell? Coincidence? Question mark? Um yes, yes it is. Just a coincidence. Uh, the title of his TED Talk, or his TED Talk title, TED Talk title, TED Talk title, because that is fun to say, say it along with me, TED Talk title, TED Talk title, TED Talk title, is what I learned from going blind in space. Uh, should perhaps specify right off the bat that he's not actually blind. It's not like he went blind and now he can't see. He can still see. Uh, had to watch this TED Talk title because uh, Chris Hadfield, Canadian, and an astronaut, and has a mustache, so, you know, I, I'm i Canadian and have a mustache, so uh, I feel we have a lot in common. <clears throat> ah, sure, sure. And I'm a real space kid. <laughs> oh, boy. I guess you could say the sort of theme of this TED Talk is... Fear and overcoming fears, and not letting your fears control you, that that sort of idea. Uh, Chris starts off with some stats, which, uh, you know, you're going to do a TED Talk. I appreciate some stats. Keep it a little on the intellectual level, if you will, just about spaceflight and that the first sort of missions into space, the odds of a catastrophic failure, killing all on board were one in nine. Yeah, so not great odds. Not you know you got one in nine, so it's better than that, say half, ah. but still not great odds. Uh, when Chris went up to space, because of, I guess all the intervening years and all the sort of leaps forward in technology and safety, the odds were one in forty. Which still, <laughs> uh, why would you agree to do something where the odds were one in forty that you may die? Well, because you get to go to space. And the going to space is something that, uh, I think, humanity as a whole benefits from. So, yay that. Thank you for doing that. Uh, What I I think my favorite sort of part of this was his description of liftoff and sort of all it entails. And not from a very uh, sort of technical standpoint, standpoint from a almost alliterative, if you were going to write a, uh, a fiction novel with much descriptive words about the taking off into space, uh, I think you could rip it from Chris Hadfield's description here and it would fit perfectly and be very, very exciting and emotional. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that was the sort of takeaway. It's f- he, he talks about it from a much more emotional standpoint than anything else. Which, again, uh, it's a TED Talk, so I do appreciate the stats and some of the technical things. But mixing in a little of the old uh, emotion to bring people along with you, I think, is a very, very smart thing to do. And one of the reasons that TED Talks titles are so uh, popular are because of things such as this. This is sort of a prime example of how to do a friggin' amazing TED Talk, so take heed of this as quite often a TED Talk speaker will do. He had some slides <laughs> and showed some of pictures of various spots on Earth from space. Just beautiful, beautiful. He even pointed out that a lot of them could be hanging on wild walls in art galleries. And some of the things that he showed, I don't think I've ever seen before and just, just amazing. For the reason you, of these pics alone, this friggin' uh, video is worth a watch, guaranteed. Okay, so now on to the whole uh, went blind thing. He was doing a spacewalk, which is not unlike a moonwalk, except the moonwalk was created by a pedophile, allegedly. And a spacewalk takes place uh, in space. You know, uh, other than those two things, very, very similar. Ah, fear. Ah. And uh, he got something in his eye. The something turned out to be some sort of lubricant that's inside the, the spacesuit suit uh, that they have sort of since changed to kind of, a, as he describes it, a Johnson's No More Tears lubricant. So if it does get in your eyes, it's not going to blind you. And it's not so much blind you as as almost like getting, say, uh, something spicy in your eyes and it's going to water and water and water. And because it's in space, the water doesn't sort of drip down your cheek. It just pools in your eye socket. Uh, the description here was pretty scary, actually. <laughs> Man, this Chris Hadfield, friggin', he he could write a book, I think, with how well he describes things, and I would, uh, I would certainly be on board the space station uh, to read it. Oh, boy. Uh, he talked about how it pooled in one eye socket, and he's like, okay, well, I can still see out of one eye. That's, uh, that's not bad. And then eventually it went over sort of the bridge of his nose to the other eye, and that's where things got scary, because he couldn't see, um at all. And he was in space. Uh, I think the coolest takeaway here is that he didn't panic. And the reason he didn't panic is because they had planned for events such as this. He was out in space with, uh, one of his buddies, presumably one of his space buddies. Uh, yeah. Sorry. Uh, the reason f- from his seeming lack of fear and terror at being blind in space is because they had practice for events such as this. And he points out the differences between danger and fear. So the danger of him being blind in space is actually factually not that large, and yet the fear that it could well up inside him could be incredibly large. Uh, He uses the example of spiders, and uh, I guess perhaps specifically spider webs, and the idea that if you are scared of spiders and walk through a spider web, you're going to be freaked out. Now, if you are scared of spiders and walk through a spider web every day for a month, by the end of that month, your fear of webs and spiders is going to go way down. So they had practice for events where they couldn't see and had to work their way back into the space station or have a friend help them work their way back, that sort of idea. Constant exposure to things through repetition will uh get rid of or at least alleviate strongly the fear that you would feel and keeps you in a calm place and able to work through your problems cool idea and i like it so that was sort of the whole idea of the talk uh lastly uh this is a little strange uh he if you aren't familiar with chris hatfield knows how to play the guitar and uh, i believe did so in space so, you know, that's something. He put played a little ground control to Major Tom by uh, David Bowie there, of course. And he kind of set it up, and this is the part where I kind of shook my head a little bit, is uh, he kind of set it up along the lines of saying, oh, uh, and, and they asked me if I would play this. Yeah, sure they did, Chris Hadfield. Sure they did. You just happened to bring your guitar along. They just happened to say, oh, would you mind playing? Mm-hmm. Guaranteed he wanted to play, show off his chops a little bit, because that way he can be a uh, Canadian mustachioed uh, astronaut who plays guitar and all women across the globe will drop their panties, I assume. Uh, Unfortunately he is married. (laughs) I did look into it for the express reason of someone who is an astronaut who plays guitar probably does okay with the ladies. So, uh, unfortunately, unfortunately, ladies, he's taken. Mm. Okay, uh, let's move on to the second item, which I believe I will have sufficient time to get into before I get to work, and we'll call that a day, a Fry Internet Day. That item is Throatgar's Top 10 Scariest Video Games. Hmm. Who's Throtgar or Throatgar? Uh, probably Throatgar, because there's no A. He is from the Nerdist Network channel thing on YouTube. Specifically, I guess, from uh, their uh, Skyrim machinima, if you are unfamiliar with the word machinima. It's where people take video from video games and then turn it into little movies or uh, web series or things of that nature. Uh, For some reason, (laughs) I don't know why. Well, he does have uh, a, not necessarily amusing voice, but a voice that is not annoying to listen to that is verging on amusing, so might as well have him give a top ten list compared to anyone, right? Sure. Whatever. I'm just going to basically run down the list and see what we have to see about said list. Uh, they not preface, but what is it called when it's after? Post-fist? <laughs> what the hell is it called? Preface as before, and postface. Now they they tag the end of this video with that this is just a one man's opinion, and uh, to to make a definitive list of scariest you can't really do because it at all it's all just opinion based, and uh, I see that more and more often now, and I think it's just because people on the internet having their own opinions and saying this list sucks and how could you put this this game before this game, and things of that nature. So it, it feels a little like, lately, people are sort of reading the comments and being like, oh, we better put this warning that this is just an opinion, which seems uh, dumb to me. <laughs> you don't need that. Well, you know what, I, I shouldn't say that. You don't need that for certain people. People like me can can make the the logical assumption that this is not the definitive list, that's going to be written down somewhere, and then from that point on, we all, as a human species, have to go by this list of the top ten scariest video games. No, I could make my own list if I so desire. Just ridiculous. Internet's things. Okay, number ten: uh, condemned criminal. Criminal. What the fuck is a criminal? I combined criminal and origins into the word cr- criminal. Oh, boy. I, I think we should leave that behind because I never played that game. So I uh, don't know too much about it. Eh, it seems like it might maybe had scary parts, sure. Uh, number nine, Metro. I have to do this somewhat a little bit rapid firely because I'm kind of close to work. Uh, number nine, Metro 2033, which is the game right before Metro Last Light, which I reviewed on this podcast not too, too long ago. I didn't play the first one. Uh, If it was anything like the second one, which from some of the gameplay footage that they showed, uh, it seemingly is, it's more of just the odd time something pops out at you scary. So I don't know if I'd necessarily put that on my more suspenseful popping things out list, put it on that list. Next is a fear, which if you're going to make the scariest video games list, might as well put a game called Fear. Uh, I didn't play that one either. But uh, out of all the clips they showed from every single one of these, this one actually looked like the scariest, just from a, from a clip standpoint. Uh, Fatal Frame 3, I uh, didn't play, that's number 7. Uh, number 6, Resident Evil The Remake. Well, was it, Resident Evil 2? Uh, I've played a handful of Resident Evil games, including the first, second, uh, and some of the others. And yeah there was some scary moments but again those usually more often than not took the form of things jumping out scary moments dead space at number five yeah that i can definitely see that sort of set tension throughout for me just with all the freaking uh gruesomeness then it had jumpy out parts and uh, just an overall tone throughout that uh, i would put that much much higher on my list uh, one thing that that reminded me of that doesn't appear on this list is a game called uh, The Th- The Thing based on the movie The Thing. It was for PlayStation 2, and that for me was one of the first scary, actual, really scary games that I remember playing. So uh, it didn't appear on this list. I don't think it was a super, super popular game, so maybe that's why. Uh, Silent Hill 2 at number 4. Uh, I tried to play a bunch of Silent Hill games, but I didn't have fun with them, so... You know, uh, yeah. Number three is Slender The Arrival. This is from, uh, this is featuring Slender Man. Rather than play this game, I watched on a YouTube channel, Normal Difficulty, Matt over there play this game, which was combined being scary and amusing, seeing a grown man scream like a girl. (laughs) <laughs> at this game i like that number two was amnesia the dark descent uh this game i did play and was scary and uh scary to the degree where i started playing it in the dark and eventually decided that was not a good idea i think that was before i started the podcast or did i talk about it here it, it may have been bp before podcast but uh, definitely scary And that's, again, one of the ones where it's sort of scary throughout from the uh, sort of atmosphere they build, rather than just the what I would potentially call cheap scares, where it's just sort of things jumping out at you. Uh, And you know what? Kind of along the lines of Dead Space, it had that thought throughout that you are uh, potentially going insane. Which uh, there was, within the thing that I mentioned, an insanity meter. Where uh, people on your team would slowly go insane if you sort of exposed them to things. Very, very cool. Number one is Outlast. Uh, Outlast, I will guarantee, this is, this. Is, I'm going to throw it a liberal cube for video games day, guarantee, And that is, eventually, I will bring that back on a Tharf video games day episode. So, you know, eventually. I, I don't know when. I know it's on PlayStation 4, I saw the other day, so I'll probably end up playing it on that would be my guess. And uh, that concludes the list. The list! Folks, we did it. You and me, together again. And um, no longer together again, because this episode is over. Over when I say it is nice. To be nice to the nice. Thank you for listening. We here in the Liberal Cube would love to hear from you. yet to come, come the day you mine. Live long and prosper.